Oh, what's up? Go know, for it. Do you know what doesn't need to get better? Do you know what we don't know, need to go back to? Is like old Everly stock. Because you know why? New Everly stock bags are even better. Like, unlike some things that people have opinions on, it just keeps getting better and better. And they have no, like, reason to go back. Obviously, they, you feel an attachment to your old bags. I have my old bag that I really, really love. But the new stuff is amazing. And they keep just getting better. So Everly stock is definitely the way to go. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's amazing how you tie that right into retired chief Ivan Ruiz. On his... I didn't say that, but, <laughs> but it's it's great. I dig it. No, I love it. We had talked uh, about that previous. Yeah, <laughs> but you just went wired it. I love it. It's uh, yeah, Eberly Stock, fantastic company. Love their tech apparel. Love their bags. What you know, all the Molly you get on it. Um, it, it's very versatile. I'm still waiting for my Bando bag. You know, because. Uh, Daddy's got to carry. Daddy's got a EDC concealed carry everywhere he goes. So, um, but still waiting on that. Fantastic company, though. Veteran-owned, just all around great people, though, for real. Um, so check them out. Eagerlystock.com. Use the code OR10. That's OR10 for a discount, uh, and they'll get you your a bag, tech apparel, or whatever you need, whatever you ordered, to you right away. And now. Uh, Enjoy this state of the union, to use Aaron's words, of the the PJ community. Or it's not just the PJ community. It's it's kind of the training, the aspect war assessment and selection kind of just from his point of view. So enjoy. So uh, we, we do get the question a lot. People are always always hitting us up, just, uh, you know, hyper focused. And it's always it's always from people that aren't in, which always makes me laugh because uh, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, people are like, hey, you know, everything has changed so much. And I don't know if I like the direction where things are going. You've been through an entire evolution. You were there in GWAT. You were there in the thick of it. And then you had the, the benefit of seeing, you know, both from the ST side and the rescue side kind of, you know, uh, all the way through the highest levels. D- do you really feel like we've changed that much? No, I think, I think, you know, I think, uh, well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about mission, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I think we, we, we talk, you know, a lot, right. We go to these, we go to our conferences and, mm-hmm. you know, we're like, all right, this is the direction we're going to go. But at right. the end of the day, I don't think, you know, <laughs> it's, re, you know, we, we, and then and we all get upset about it or we're like, yeah, you know, right. and then but when it comes to the day to day stuff, it's these. <laughs> Seems like the exact same stuff, right? I still go on TDYs. Right. I still go jump. I still go shoot with the guys, you know. Uh-huh. I'm still at the bar drinking, you know. You know right. We're still, we're still chasing ass. Like, <laughs> it's the exact same thing. It it's is. Just, you know, it's just the, the our leadership, you know, in their big brains, you know, they, they want to figure out different directions to go. And, it, you know, I think it's just all talk until something happens, right? So. Right. That's right. You know, like you said, you know, yeah, thank, you know, thank God, you know, uh, we're not in a major conflict right now. And I hope that it, it stays that way forever. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, there are there are things going on and guys are still going out and working. So, right. like, mm-hmm. what, you know, you could chase the unicorn all you want and not enjoy the life that you're being given and all the great opportunities. Or you can just chill out and enjoy what you got. And then when things fall into place, things fall into place. But. Dude, that's mean, right. Come on, man. Like, you know, it's a, it's the exact same stuff. The guys are out having a good time. You know, it's just, you know, I, I think we just maybe, maybe from, uh, uh, from the top down, we should message things better. I don't, I don't think you can. At the end of the day, guys, guys want to go work. Guys want to do right. great things. They want to be heroes, yep. right? They want to save lives. They want to kill people. So if they don't get the opportunity to do that, it's, it's the world's fault because, you know, there's not a war going on or, you know, 
leadership's deciding to do something different, whatever, man. Like, got it. So King for a day. Now that you're out, you don't, you're, you don't have to talk to your, your officer counterpart about this. You don't have to worry about getting pulled aside at this big meeting, you know, and in the senior leader working group, nobody's going to come up to you and be like, Hey, Ivan, you went too hard in the paint. So King for a day, you get to decide where pararescue goes, what command we fall under, what mission sets we do, whatever. What would you do? Uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about like, you know, uh, so Aaron, you gotta be more specific, man. <laughs> I, I'd love to. I'd love to. That way I can answer your question. Well, that's the one, right? So we, it is a trap. So we, you know, we talked about, um, you know, we always, we're always talking about the senior leader working groups and all of the head shed having all these great ideas, whether it be goat teams, whether it be ST next, whether it be, here's how we're going to, you know, layer one, two, and three PR, which by the way, we've been doing forever. We just didn't call it layer one, two, and three PR, right? We, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people out there. We've had Gavin Fisher on. Gavin texts me all the time like, oh man, this is definitely what we should be doing. And he's, Gavin is my favorite Master Sergeant team member. And I say that with all the love in my heart because that dude just wants to get it on. And I'm always like, Gavin, what do you, you got to be a team leader on this one, not a team member. Like he, he just wants to be an element leader his entire life. You know what I mean? Man, PJ6, um, that's, that's the patch I'll wear my entire that's life. That's it. Get it, baby. You need some Curlix? I got you, bro. I got you. I got you. What do you need me to do? Fix this problem over here on Target? I, I'll be on the radio in a second. Just let me get out of the office, dude. I will carry every <laughs> carabiner and piece of Curlix you need. PJ6, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then, you know, 30 minutes into it, I'm, I'm running the show, dude. Like, Yeah, right. Because you can't say it in the background. Yeah, you're like, this guy's messing it up. I love I'm it. I'm the worst, man. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But sorry. we talk... But we talk about no kidding in these big, you know, ethereal nebulous terms about where is the career field going and what should we be doing? But like from from your optic, you know, what would you what would you like to see the career field do? I think we all have, you know, some sort of answer inside, you know, controllers and whatever. We've talked about not doing the enabler mission. So we'll start there. You think the enabler mission is valid? That's that's where you lived your life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Right. Like, exactly. That's who that's the goal kind of like where we were always trying to get like, you know, to be able to be put in a position where you are able to exercise everything that we've been taught. Like that's kind of what, you know, what we were kind of bred for really in reality. And that's, you know, the, the position we've been striving to get to and the enabler position is a, that's a great job, man. It is yes. a job to be in, to be able to provide a team specific capabilities, right? And and do your job just to be able to possibly save somebody or, you know, get to do that. And not only that, like if you're a capable, hey, sorry, my dogs are about to go retarded. Give me a second. No, that's great. <laughs> All good. Hey, put them, I'm going to put them outside, baby. Um, and if you're, you know, the, like if you're capable of doing the enabler position, you're capable of running CSAR teams. Right. You're, yep. ca- you, you know, you're capable of doing so many. All that does is it, it gives the individual the, the opportunity to like exercise all the skills that we've been taught, everything in their toolbox. Right. To like hone their skills. So to be able to apply to to whatever mission we, we you know, we were given later. So I do. I mean, I if I could do the enabler mission all day, I would do it all day. That's that to me is the best thing. Right. Uh, and okay. I would do it for. The 80s, I would do it from conventional. To tell you the truth, I would love to do enabler positions for conventional. Like, could you imagine being an enabler? On. Yes, I can. It would be fantastic. Yeah. Oh, dude. Awesome. Talk like, 
2007 to like 2010 in the, you know, the Tikrit triangle in Iraq. My, I had the, the only reason I bring that up specifically is I had two brothers that were infantry dudes that deployed in between 2005 and 2010. They spent a total of like 54 months there. They each had like an 18 month rotation. And my brother hit one with a short break back to back. The things that he, because I was in Iraq at, the, at roughly the same time, like he was right down the road. And uh, we would talk about stuff and he'd be like, yeah, bro, we just went out on our eighth patrol of the week. We got into contact on five of them and we could have used you. He said it a bunch of times. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I'm sitting here at Balad waiting for the flag to go up to go do some stuff. Meanwhile, guys are really getting into it, right? Yeah, really getting into door the to door. The amount of door to door do like, you'd be, you know, supporting uh the conventional side now granted, like that's just that's my personal take i like sure. i would i would have loved to like support the conventional side and like because you would just work your ass off and like and sure. at the end of the day, guess what that does it makes you, makes so you better. Much better and you makes know you what like, your job. being able to pick up those basic infantry skills like those you know that it just makes you such a better well-rounded operator you know um well, and so, it's funny when, when we talk about those, those basic infantry skills, what have we been talking about for like five years, six years now? It, it's maybe even longer than that. I I'll think we were having this basic soft, basic soft course, basic soft. Everybody's like, Oh, we need in the pipeline a basic soft course. It's weird, but the regular infantry runs like 14 of those a year. Yeah, and we're just, just like, Oh, no, we gotta, we gotta come up with our own. Like, do you though? It's a battle drill. It's not that hard. <laughs> All right. Hey, so I think, it, I think we'd be amazed at like how much we would learn, you know? Yeah. Like, I think so. Once again, why do we have to run our own stuff? Just send the guys to the go. Let them be with the the young guys, man. And you know, what what a great a advertising tool to send. Yeah, send a PG great recruitment. Or, or, you know, send one, a special warfare dude to the basic course and like you know to, to like you know run around with these seventeen eighteen year old kids and they're like you know they're like holy shit, man! I didn't even realize that was out there. Let me go be a PG or a controller or, or you know reconnaissance dude, man. Like you know, I'm, like, yep. I'm getting out of the army. Peaches, how many how many people did we recruit when we would go over to Jackal Stone and just work with regular folks over in England? Oh, maintainers and everything. How many people did we recruit when we would go to Normandy and they'd be they would look at us doing PT on the beach? They'd be like, "Hold on, who are y'all with? What do you do? You're not like, Air Force, they, I, dude. I I I distinctly remember I almost got to a fight too because I may have had too many beers at this point. But somebody walked up to me was hammered in St. Mary Glee. When we were, we had jumped in and I was in my beret. It was ABUs at the time or not. It was, uh, the, yeah, those crappy gray uniforms we used to wear. What were those yeah. called? ABUs? A ABUs. ABUs. Yeah, yeah. ACUs, ACUs, right? No, no, no. Oh, no. ACU Army was, was Army. ACUs. Yeah, ACUs Army. It was we the ABU all of them. that yeah. we wore for like two seconds. Anyway, uh, somebody came up to me and they started just berating me. They were like, what kind of uniform you think you're wearing, right? Blah, 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 blah. Cause they thought I was an 82nd Airborne guy. And I looked <laughs> at him and I was like, hey, first of all, manage your tone and i just kind of like turned around and looked at him and then he looked and he saw my my badges and stuff he's like what are you <laughs> we started talking but we ended up making friends like those were just some regular infantry dudes from somewhere in europe and two of those guys ended up cross-training two of those guys ended up putting in like talking to guys at our units and being like what are you at like the value is always there well, well yeah. speaking of that value and, and people skills like when you're an enabler those are the the softer skills that makes our community unique, right? Those, those being able to walk onto a team, being able to talk to them, tell them what your, your mission set or your skill set is, and also being able to integrate. And then, you know, getting yanked from that team and getting put on another team and doing the same thing over and over again. I, I have to imagine that on the civilian side, having those, those people skills that maybe other, you know, special operators don't necessarily have to build the way that we do. They have to be valuable. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, to me, that's exactly what we were designed for. Like when I looked at the pamphlet and I went to the brief at basic, like that's what was sold to me. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what was sold to me. So yep. that's what, in my mind, that's what, uh, you know, AFSOC was all about. That's what P being a PJ was all about controller, you know, regardless, like, you know, that's what I understood and that's what, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, but Aaron, I guess Aaron, to answer your initial question, man, like, where do I think we belong? I don't, I don't, I don't know what the right answer. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, you know, that's for guys like, you know, Jose Cabrera to like figure out um, where, but what I would tell you and like what I will always say is that as a community, we need to realize that we need to stop trying to rely on other AFSCs, other commands to like take care of us. Like we need to realize that we, that we have enough brain power at this point, leadership at this point to say, Hey, you know, we are pararescue and we don't need to like, you know, do training with other people. We don't need, you know, to have fall under other people to make decisions for us. You know, we need to get to a point where we just are pararescue and we're just pararescue, like, you know, and we just do things that are pararescue because yep. we are capable and we've shown it, right. We've shown it since 2001 to um, just integrate and whatever, what's, you know, whatever the, you know, the ground force commander needs, we have the capability of providing because we are so diverse and, you know, that, and I, I don't think that, you know, we should um, give up any skills that, you know, make us less diverse. Damn right. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of jealousy from my side coming from such a small peripheral that has to rely on, on other, you know, forces and mechanisms to get things done. So uh, I, I think, yeah, building PJs first and then doing integration after that was probably, I mean, it's, it, it it's worked in the past. I don't know why I wouldn't work now. The, the, the need, the RFIs, the need for integration, well, oh, wait, that's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. You're right. The thing is, like, you know, and, you know, I, I fell, you know, victim of it. Like, you know, I'll, you know, when I had somebody come in my office, right, when they did the, uh, what is it called? When they, like, they were trying the to FIP? figure out like, how to fix special warfare. Yeah, FIP, STNAC, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I had, in England, I had somebody come in my office, like, hey, you know, I'm just gonna ask you a couple questions and yeah, you know, it was a FIP, the force improvement yeah. program, the 500 you know, question like, test. Yeah. I was like, that sounds great, you know, but I, yeah, I was too stupid to realize that, you know, to, to foresee what was going to happen, what they were going to do with those answers. And by the way, like I've, I've had a problem with this since it started, the things that they did with the answers that we answered honestly on that force improvement program is near criminal. The things that the, the way that they've driven the ship out of that thing, when what we said we needed was unity of command, we needed clear guidance and intent from higher. We needed to make our own decisions. Those are the things that we said inside of there. The fact that they took those and I'd say they like the nebulous, like command or whoever. So I'm not speaking anybody specifically here, but the fact it's that peaches. they drove, yeah, it is the fact that they drove the ship the way that to, to get us to where we are now, you can go right back and I can tell you right when that started, it was 2015 in the fifth. And it was, and I'll, t I'll say it plainly. It was fucking, it, it was bullshit. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, so since we're, we're starting to march down that path, um, at the end of the Got day, um, what I will tell you is like, you know, if they said, Hey, we can fix this, we can fix this, we, which, which they kind of pretty much did. Right. But if they had told you, if they had told any PJ, like, but what you'd have to pay for it, what, what we have to give up. Right. Like yep. at the end of the day, if they were like, okay, but like, just realize to get all this, you have to give in knock up. 
we would have been, we would have said, you know, fuck you. <laughs> it's not like, you know, if you want, if you want to uh, pr- provide funding, if you want to, pr- you know, uh, make Indoc better, like, you know, give us ideas and stuff like that. Yeah, man, absolutely. But, um, and, and, and other stuff, right? Like, you know, we, we, you know, there, there, there was a whole lot, host of things, a lot yeah. that went into, uh, the, uh, the integration. Um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you know, being in a lot of the meetings, it, the, that integration, you're right. It, it, there was a lot that the commute, like pararescue would have had to give up, like, which would have been identity stuff. Now, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that are like, ah, you know, those are little things that are, but ounces make pounds, baby. Are they? And, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, and, it's, not, it's a slippery slope until it's not. It's a slippery exactly. slope until you're all the way at the bottom of that hill and you're like, wait a second, how do we get here? And then you, you look back and you're like, oh, maybe those little things in the beginning did matter. Yeah. And, you know, what I would say is like, you know, a lot of those decisions were being driven. I mean, all the decisions are being driven by like, you know, the, the older guys, right. The, you know, mm-hmm. the leadership within the community, but, and, you know, and we, and we, being the leadership, we, we, we know better. Right. But I think you get to a point and you get to a point where like, you forget yourself, mm-hmm. you forget like what's important. And, you know, and I did this, man, I remember I got to, when I first got here to Nellis, I remember I, I forgot what it was, but I remember the guys were, you know, bitching about something. I don't remember what it was. And I, I actually reached out to a, a mentor. I reached out to Lee Schaefer, you know, and this is a, it's a bad on me now. And, you know, it was good that he reminded me he, and he put me in my place. But I was like, man, you know, I called him to like apologize for something that I did. Like, you know, I, I bitched about, um, I remember when we were, when I was at LAC, when we were, we had uh, moved to the regular dive bubble. And I refused right, yeah. to not wear my combat dive bubble. And sure. there was a chief at Randolph, the the guy, the, the PJ chief at APC at Randolph. Like he came up to me, he's like, "Hey, you need to take that bubble off, right?" And I told, and this was at Mike Flores' uh, uh, memorial. And yeah, I told so him, "Bad, like, bad time, guy." Yeah, yeah. you know, he exact, yeah, you know, it just wasn't good timing. Regardless, you know, I, you know, I was still, I mean, I still am immature, but I was even more immature. <laughs> but I, you know. You know, I was, you know, I, I told him, I was like, I'm not taking my die bubble off. Like, I yeah. earned this, right? I you earned know? that, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and then Lee Shaver came over, you know, and uh, in front of the other chief, you know, he's like, hey, he's like, I, you know, I get it, man, just go ahead and take it off. And because it was Lee Shaver, I was like, Roger that chief, I'll take it off. Sure. Right? You know, but, you know, like, I, I you know, there was, I, I probably did too many of those instances, but I remember I called Lee to, like, you know, apologize for even putting him in that position, you know? And what he told me was like, he's like, Hey, Ivan, like, he's like, I appreciate you, you saying that, but you need to realize that, you know, if it's important to them, if it's, if the, if it's something, um, if the men really believe in it, then it's important. Right. Because the, it's the young guys that keep you from forgetting who you are. And that is the truth. You know, it's like, it's those young guys on the team that are just fired up that you remind you like, Hey, this is why I, this is why I went to, you know, selection. This is why, I, yep. you know, I wanted my brace. So but I remember being a kid in San Antonio and, you know, being, you know, growing up, you know, going to Fort Sam, you know, Fort Sam Houston. And I would see 82nd guys running around with maroon berets, but I, but I thought the PJs, I just didn't know, but I just remember, I was like, I just want that. Beret. I want that. Like, we even- want like that's all I want, right? You know, you would even sing it in the Jodies when you run it in Doc. You're like, you know, every day maroon beret. And like we said it all the time. That was the goal. And then you know, as you as you get older, as life becomes real, as you 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 know, you have kids and you have real you know real priorities, real problems, bills, 
uh, you, you know, you, you, you get in these leader posi- leadership positions and you understand that there's, you know, there's the, the bigger picture. But all with that, you know, I think we tend to forget, like we forget what's important, you know, we and, you know, and I see that with like, you know, it, it's, you know, I think, you know, as guys, you, you know, like uh, what I'll say is like in becoming a chief, like a lot of people don't want you, like, you know, it's like not, it's not your responsibility to do layer one. It's not your responsibility to go out and shoot with guys and go do FMPs with the guys, this and that. But I think, you know, I think it's almost like they accept that of themselves and they don't, you know, they don't want other people to go have fun. You know, like they don't want, you know, like right. other people to have that drive and it's, you well, know, it, reflects, it's, it makes them feel some type of way. Right. When you see somebody it, else that's, that's out that's there, my point. that's the point I'm trying to make, you know, it's like, so, you know, th- those things that when we talk about the FIP and we talk about like, you know, that the merge and all this other stuff, like, you know, it was real easy for, us to like, you know, realize what we were, what we were talking about giving up, which was our culture and really who we are. And mm-hmm. it's all those little things that, you know, make us who we are. And, and, and the beret is the symbol of all that. The flash is. is the symbol of that. And, you know, the second you give up those things that truly matter, you know, who we are, then we no longer are. We're just like everybody else. So that to, you know, once again, long answer to answer one of your questions, like, you know, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see where the community gets to a point where we realize like, Hey, we don't need to rely on other people to like be who we are. Like we, man, we are doing just fine and we will continue to march to, you know, the direction we need to go because we have smart leadership and, you know, we just need to understand that we need to continue to to keep our capabilities and be diverse. That way we can, we can do any mission. We can do what's asked of us. And, you know, if it's new, we'll figure it out. We've been doing it mm-hmm. in the last 22 years. Yeah. yeah, but so, but for the folks that are down there in, in San Antonio right now, like I, as the only non NDOT grad, I'm pretty sure on this podcast right now, Nerd. I would, yeah, yeah, but like, I would, I would be curious if, if I was going to give advice to the folks that are running like the, uh, the prep course or the SWIC and the, the selection course right now. What was it? What was the, the essence that you could try to build into what it is right now? Now, I understand like what, what King for a Day would, would probably look like, but like what was it about NDOC and, and what are some of the lessons that these guys can, can glob onto to make the course as good as it can be and, and, and maybe create some of that culture that may have been lost during the transition? Well, you know, that's, that's hard for me to answer because I'm not an instructor there now. Like, I can only talk about my experiences as a student and as an instructor. Um, and I'll do my best not to like go in a different direction and, and go on my tangent. Um, you know, Jared and I went down there, you know, and I, I think, you know, w- once we were down there, uh, you know, the, certain things were said and I, and I had a lot, and I had certain responses and I think, you know, that he realized that, you know, it's like, Hey, I got to have Ivan on the podcast again. Like, so we can talk about this. <laughs> Anybody that knows me, like, you know, knows that I'm very passionate about this. But what I'll say is, like, you know, I, I, I believe that some of the things, uh, Pararescue is, like, is, is driven around te- a teamwork. No, and Aaron, Aaron, I forget, man. I meant to like try to remember you, you on, on an episode, I was watching an episode and I told Jared about, it. I don't remember what it was, but you had like, 
articulated something about man, I, I would have to watch the episode again. But you, you I think did it was such one of the job. deep dives, one of the deep dives yeah. we did, I believe, about Pararescue because you were talking about how well Aaron was art, able to articulate what PJs do. Yeah, it, but I mean, how it revolved around being uh, it was like the whole teamwork thing, right? Whereas, and it was really good, man. Like I'll have to. I apologize that I, I don't remember. I meant to remember because I wanted to bring it up. Um, but um, sorry, I'm getting lost for thoughts. But you know, I, I think the way they assess things now, and maybe you know, I know I only saw a small portion, but like you know, it was a very individual based, right? It was individual based. But that's not who we are, man. Like that's not who we are and what we do. That's right. Like that's right. E- even you're even all the career fields. Everything is based around. You know, like Jared said, like, you know, like, hey, I'm done. Like, who needs help? We're, like, I need to go find work. I need to find work. I need to find work. Like, who needs help, right? Like, that's what was driven into us. Like, yeah. you know, like most kids, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kids, when they get to eight basic and they go to selection, like that, you know, that's not who they are. They haven't but played team sports. that's what the is supposed to drive into you. Like, that's you, right. you take care of team gear before you take care of your gear. Like, that's right. that is... Man, that, that is the essence, right? That's what teaches you is like, hey, man, like I will die for this dude that's next to me, you know, before he dies. I'm yep. going to do whatever I got to do. I will do my job to make sure the team is successful. And, you know, I know like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're talking about two weeks. You're talking about just this event. It's every event. It's every event every of every day. day. That's how it's driven into you. Right. Having That's an individual, yeah. Having an individual standard is important. Having an individual evaluation is important. That shouldn't yeah, be the absolutely. focus of the entire damn course. The absolutely. point is the point is breeding a team. The point is making you put something before yourself, before your personal desires and comforts. Of course, you need to evaluate that I can do the job individually. You're never meant to do the job individually. Even as an enabler, you are there for that team. And you, when the music stops, the team is going to look at you and they expect you to save the fucking day, man. That's who we are. That's what all these career fields are. And even if you're the last man standing, you're doing it because you got to get the mission done, dude. That's it. So, That's um, right. So it's never about, it should never be about the individual. Never. Like, it's always about, like, even, like, you. Yeah, I get it, man. Like, nobody's going to help you do that underwater. But guess what? If you don't do that underwater, guess what the team's got to do? The team's, the, the team's going to pay. Every event, every push-up, should, that's what it's meant to be, and that's what it's meant to breed. Like, so, and then, you know, the, the, the fact that, you know, there's more civilians running around that place and giving mentorship to military members. Like, you know, there's... You know, and it works the other way around, man. Like, you know, if you're an instructor, man, like it's good that you're around these young kids and, and you're talking the, you're talking that talk, but eventually you're going to be back on the team and you better walk the walk, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's right. That keeps those military members in line. Like, you know, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to talk my shit to these students, but guess what, man? Like eventually we're, you know, real world's going to hit. And, and and in three years, they're going to be better than me. And I better yep. be able to back up everything I was just yelling about. But yep. if, if there's no, if there's no interaction, how, how do you, you know, how do you hit that? Like we've outsourced mentorship. Outsourced. We've outsourced contracting. Like we, we've contracted growing young team members and it's, I will say that's a travesty. How do you, how do you hold like the, the, you know, NCOs and senior NCOs that were instructors account? How, how do the young guys hold 
us accountable. You know, if like, you know, if they're never going to see me again, you know, if I was, that's right. Yeah. You know, you know, the, one of the things, the beauty is like, none of these guys are going to have stories about when Dave swallows a fucking asshole and made us like, pushing, you know, a kid, like a kid play toy, you know, yeah. Man, when or Doug know, Doug McClure, ch- ch- yeah, Yo Yo White were these these, you know, they were just got their robots to us, right? And like that's yeah. what I want to be. Yo Yo Keaton has two silver stars. Guess what? I don't tell those stories at all. You know what I tell the story about is when he's smoking the dog crap out of us down in Texas, telling us a story about how a bee shouldn't be able to fly. That's and, what I tell the story about Yo Yo Keaton. Mean, but the, those are the, the, like those are the beautiful, tangible things that like we will always take with us. That that, that once again, those are part. Of, those yeah. are things that make the community so beautiful, right? Because we'll always have those stories to share. And but these guys aren't going to have that That's because right. they're going to be talking about oh the 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 um the contracted the, running coach said yeah, something the, that the meant something to me coach, one day. You know, yeah, conditioning coach that you know was. An Olympic coach, who fucking who cares, man? Like, you know, oh, he, you know, he told me the story about when he, you know, like, what the hell? That has nothing to do with combat, man. That has nothing to do with what the purpose of the courses are for, what they were designed for. Like, why are we doing, like, yeah, there you go, Jared, you got me. So, like, I didn't even say I mean, anything. That's the funny part about it. <laughs> well, since we're, where are we at? We're over an hour. I'm going to go and send my pieces. So, like, get it. At the end of the day, we we had twelve, like maybe twelve instructors, right? Maybe, maybe. I couldn't imagine. Like I think about this all the time. Like I don't even know what the, like the the like index budget was. I, I couldn't imagine like spending ten dollars. You would come out of pocket for shit, dude. Like, yeah, I, I mean, let's say it's two hundred thousand dollars. I can't imagine spending. We spent two hundred thousand dollars on Gatorade powder at Indox. <laughs> you know, like and the and gas trucks, to, you know, right? The gas to cover the reservoir, like. 12 instructors, maybe $200,000, and we were producing an incredible product. And, yeah, everybody went, oh, we weren't producing enough. Uh, that's a whole different – whatever, man. But, I mean, what the amount of money, energy that's being pumped into this machine right now and, and you know, for what, one or two, three? And I know that – I know down there they're going to say, no, it's a lot more. But still this day they won't put – they won't – they still this day they won't put numbers to numbers. You go to – we go to these conferences and you're like, well – you know, we bring up like, oh, well, what about these? Well, oh, I didn't pull those numbers. Or the RAND study that we designed to show something specifically that, you know, well, <laughs> these guys never want to talk about the no shit numbers. Never, never. And, but we're pumping, what, $18 million, $20 million for more civilians. Dude, you guys are on crack, man. Stop wasting our time. Like, stop it. Like, it's ridiculous, man. So, all right, Jared, you got me. There's a piece. That's <laughs> So that's I, Ivan, I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, you did you know, that you know. all on your own. So yeah. whatever, man. Like, and then you have people in the leadership position. I'm going to go for it. You have people in the leadership position that you know want to talk mess about the old selection process that never been through the old selection process. Facts. You got instruct. You got people that are running an instructional agency that have never been instructors. And I'm not throwing shots at anybody. I'm just saying. If you've never been an instructor, you can't tell me how to be an instructor. I was the director of training at the schoolhouse. Don't tell me how to teach students. I'm a master instructor, right? And we have people that are driving the ship that have never driven a ship before. And then they can't understand that they're hitting all these pitfalls and they can't understand why 
And again, I'll, I'll echo your words here, chief, man. If the men think it's important, if the men think it's important, it's important. Lee Schaefer was a giant in this career. Field. And th what the men are telling you is this is important. We're seeing something that's lacking. We want to, we want solutions for today, right? We want to try to apply like making dot great again is a, is a great slogan. Like I want to make A and S great. What were we doing in Indoc that we're not doing now? And you just covered a lot of it. Instructors that actually know how to instruct and have been to combat. Like this, this job's about gunfighting. Tell me how these things that we're doing at every step of the way makes me a better gunfighter, makes me a better combat pararescue man. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of questions that don't, don't stand to muster. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that we're doing that do not answer that question. How does this make me a better warfighter? There's a lot yeah. of things we're doing that don't answer that question. I, I just, you know, I think we have things backwards, man. Like, you know, I don't get me wrong, man. I, I think all the, the, the Scientology that we put into this stuff, um, you know, <laughs> don't steal us, yeah. Tom Cruise. <laughs> the money yeah, that, sorry, we, sorry, Tom. Yeah. The easy. David David I think, you know, th there's definitely a time and the place, right. But I just don't think that down there is a place. Like, I think, it's, you know, I was thinking about this, like we, it seems like we're so focused on being able to draw out the best performance of the individual to the point that we are altering the environment so it shows their best performance, right? We, they put everybody in these nice bays and, and optimal, you know, temperatures to sleep in. And, you know, they just, they're adjusting, um, specific exercises during the specific time of the day, right? So where it's cooler or hotter so they can perform better. Right. So we get more people to, to graduate. But at the end of the day, that's not re that's not how common, like you don't get to adjust a, yeah. the environment. You don't it's get the self licking the ice cream cone. Yeah. You don't pick the environment. You can't change the environment. This whole military athlete thing needs to go away. We are at the end of the day, we are athletes. No, no college came to Ivan Ruiz's doorstep you know, to see him run his famous five flat 40, you know, there's a reason why I ended up joining the military, you know, outside of like, you know, <laughs> wanting to be a PJ, but I mean, you know, nobody came, you know, nobody came recruiting me and most, and, and I would say, you know, 90, 90% of these kids, we are, dude, we are combatants. We go to, we, we go to a school to, you know, that is about co combat and to try to change it into something. And it's not, man, we are, we're, we're just being, becoming a detriment to these guys. All right. There you have it, folks. <laughs> right, right there. Drop that mic. I didn't, woo. I didn't say anything and Ivan went ham on his own. So, um, <laughs> put that out there. So not Dude, like we, uh, it's still yeah. not like me. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate you coming on and joining us again. And for all those that are out there, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. That way you know when each of these episodes drop. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Ivan. All right. I'll see you guys there. Thanks, man. It is. Yeah, I'm recording again because this is too good to get. Yeah, the focus on individual performance, I get it. You want to make everybody the best version of themselves, right? Yeah. So when we talk about these these big ideas in theory, of course, I agree with that. Of course, I want you to be the best individual that you can possibly be. You know, Trey Free said it, you know, really, really well. Yeah, I do want you to prepare for the test. I do want you to know what you're in for. I do want to see your best shot at it. But we have, the pendulum has swung too far in that direction where we're just constantly focused on, okay, 
we are going to do certain exercises differently at different times of the day. We are going to let you sleep at night. We aren't going to sleep deprive you. And we're going to make sure that you never get too hot or you never get too cold or you never have to deal with hard things. And then we're going to have the audacity to say that we assess and select you for grit and determination and work ethic and all these other things where you're never really put into a position where you display that. Having 18 days worth of selection is not the same as a 10-week doc. Like it's, it's okay to say that Indoc. I can't remember who said this. I think Tyler uh, Mace actually said it, but Indoc was the best resiliency course I've ever been to in my entire life. I learned more about myself in those 10 weeks, day in, day out. And again, it wasn't secret. I knew what was coming. I knew every Monday you're going to have an evaluation, pushups, pull-ups, sit-ups, flutter kick, run. And you were going to go to the afternoon pool session and you were going to do underwaters, mask and snorkel, snap, mask and snorkel, ditch and dawn, buddy breathing, drown proofing, treading, um, not time. There you go. It's not secret, right? And, and granted, we had false negatives. And we had false positives. People that shouldn't have graduate, graduated. People that should have graduated didn't. I got it. But man, that was not, the magic was in the mix. The magic was in the resiliency. The magic was in breeding that person, that team before self. Of course, you had to perform on those evaluation days. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't have to. I'm not saying you sh there shouldn't be a standard. I'm not saying we shouldn't look at job specific standards even. I think that's important, right? What's, what's not in, what, what we've done wrong is that we put the focus on the individual and that was never what we do. Yeah. It's, it's the difference between performance and culture, right? Like, cause you can have the highest performing person that doesn't meet the, the cultural standards and the, the cultural Absolutely. standard is that you would die for the person next to you. So and, and I get that. And, and I think, you know, I've talked about this before. I think when we, when we went away from NDOC, like all, all I think we really needed was that 5% solution to the, the pop, uh, work out the false positives and negatives. But, you know, like I, I do want to defend, you know, like obviously I was down there at the prep course and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we, we went pretty hard at those guys every once in a while and you bring what you bring. But like, I think part of it is it's the, so much of it relies on the individual instructors. And Ivan was talking about this, mm -hmm. about, you know, the number of blue suitors versus contractors. And, mm -hmm. you know, like I know a lot of these contractors too, and some of them are fantastic humans and come from our community, 100%. Um, but it, it's hard to argue with him when he starts talking about the, the team versus individual focus and, and what that brings uh, yep. to the, to really the teams, is. you know, to the community. Yeah. And I, and I won't like, you know, rehash this entire podcast because, you know, as we're talking now for everybody that's listening to this, we just hit record because we just got off the podcast with uh, Chief Master Sergeant retired Ivan Ruiz, legend in the career field, Air Force Cross winner, one of the few guys that's alive that has won one of those and deservedly so. I'm, I'm not supposed to say one. Earned. Somebody hit me on that. You don't win. Can you you say Okay. Yeah. Tight. Okay. Got it. Received. Semantics. Yeah. Received. Was the was awarded. of? I don't know. Fine. Whatever you got to say to get out of the comment section. Yeah, I got you. Um, but I, I love what he said about there is that accountability. When I was an instructor at Kirtland, I knew damn well that those students, and I used to tell them all the time, those students were going to graduate and they were going to go on a team with my friends. And then I was going to supervise. I supervise people that I was, that were in the pipeline. Now people that would come into the two, two would check in with me and they'd be like, Hey, you know, you were one of my instructors. I had better be the PJ that they thought I was there. Good, bad, or indifferent. I had better be, you know, better than what they thought. And there was that accountability and you don't have that accountability as a contractor living and working in San Antonio, never seeing your product out in the streets. More importantly, never having to depend on that student for your life in a gunfight. Yep. There yeah, is something I'm, to be said for that. I always thought being an instructor was kind of like a selection process in of itself. 
Because like the, the, yep. there are guys that become instructors and just get degrees and, and go off. And yeah, sure. I'm not saying they were worried about going back to the team room, right? But and I'm gonna say I think a few guys were worried about going back to the team room. Yep. After they were instructors and they they kind of were forced out. Oh you know? yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I you know I I would see it you know at the schoolhouse and this isn't in and anybody's you know somebody somebody may hear this and feel some type of way about it. I don't care. But you would watch guys sort of get into the mundanity. That's not a word. Get into the you know, the groundhog day of being an instructor. And if you were in a phase that, you know, didn't require you to be physically demanding our air ops instructors, for instance, you know, this is the other side of the coin. Our air ops instructors at Kirtland, bro, you're jumping like eight times a day. You're doing air ops. Like you're on the, you're, you know, riding ladders. You're, like you're doing things like you're doing physically demanding things. Those dudes are typically jobbing the F out the medical instructors. On the other hand, I mean, that's largely classwork. That's largely teaching and it's largely evaluation, right? It's really easy to get super lazy, to get super out of shape and just be an instructor. And if you do that for four years, I watched it. I watched people about six months out go, oh no, I got to get all of a sudden these instructors, like I would see some of my bros that would show up to in the gym with me in the morning and I'd be like, (laughs) oh, nice seeing you, my friend. It's good to see you. This is the gym. This is where we work out to find it. Yeah. Three and a half. Hey, but you're here. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give you too much crap. Like, welcome. But there, there is something to be said of personal accountability for that. And, and it's easy. I'll tell you, I, I've done it myself. I've got, I've, I was, we all have seasons in our life and we have periods where we let our fitness slip a little bit, you know, got it. It's easy to do that as an instructor. But when you know that you have to go back and like, you know, your, your words are, are only so good. You're going to have to get back on team. And you're going to have to show people that you're no shit. You're a PJ PJ. Like you're a P I'm a damn pararescuman, combat controller, attack P special reconnaissance man. The, the instructors at the school, that's always in the back of your head. Right. And it's a little bit of imposter syndrome and that's, it's good. Sometimes am I the person that these people think I am? That's valuable. Yeah. But if you create that team culture in the pipeline, as soon as you get back on that team, like I, I've experienced this. And then if you, if you develop like, so I had my students for a really long time at Keesley. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, yeah. so like you get to that point where you can just be open and honest. Although I was just, I'm just Trent after a while. Like, obviously they called me Sergeant Segmuller or whatever, but sure. like when I showed up on team, there wasn't like this, like huge jump in personality to them. It's like, Hey man, mm-hmm. like I haven't been here for four years. How do these radios work? Like, yep. how's this new crypto system work? How does all this yep. stuff work? And they got it. They totally understood it because they, they've been on the pipeline. Like they, they went through my course. They understood what I did and didn't do there. And so like their expectations, uh, you know, met reality. Mm-hmm. But like, I wasn't like a completely different person. Like no, but they, yeah. they didn't get on team and like, Hey, sorry, Sengler said he did this in his career. He weren't like, like what, what did he say? Right. Cause yeah. he never did anything. He never, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So, and, and yeah. And you ride that line again. Like I'm all, I'm hyper aware of what I say and, you know, to make it truthful. And I'll, I, I'd rather, I'd rather downplay anything that I've ever done ever. Um, as opposed to ever get caught lacking as it were, or to ever have somebody be like, Oh, well you said this and that's not necessarily true. Like that's the reason why I don't, I, man, I don't really think you're ever going to catch me telling war stories. I try not to talk about what I've ever done. Like I'll talk about maybe specific missions that are, you know, in, in their certain context, but Man, it just it makes me feel uh, super duper wacky. Um, it's weird, but th- there is something to be said about you know the, establishing that team culture and establishing those things and having that relationship with people because you like 
you are going to see those people and you're going to be playing catch up with those students. Just like you said, you're going to, when I got to the two, two, I would, I looked straight at my team and I was like, Hey, straight up. I was an instructor. So my skills, like we did a lot of basic skills. So my basic skills are okay. Those didn't get rusty. I'm still in shape, still feeling good about, you know, the stuff I'm not broken. So cool. Let's go. But I haven't been in ST since like 2011. Like that was my last go at SC. I don't know what the culture is here. I don't know what the standards are. I don't know what the norms are. You guys got to help me figure this out. And oh, by the way, when I was in ST the first time, we weren't even blended teams. There was still a team room door in between the PJs and the controllers, and we each had a couple Sao T dudes. That's how long ago it was. So you all need to tell me, how do we work on blended teams? What does this mission set look like? You guys got to help me out here. And you're going to look to your students. You're going to look to those people that you taught how to do their job. You're going to look to them and go, you know better than me. You have to help me out on this one. Yeah. Well, and, and rank and all those others. Look, I, I left team as a, like a, basically a senior airman. I depend on staff deployed. And then as soon as I, my, that deployment was over, I was off to be an instructor, right? Yep. And then when I got back on team, like for a little bit, I was still staff. And then I was a tech sergeant. And it's like, sure. well, then you look to your peers like, hey, man, what am I supposed to do as a tech what sergeant? Am I, there? Right. What am you I know? supposed to do with this? Yeah. But, and, but and I think... Sorry. No, go ahead. I wanted to turn it towards like if, if anybody is listening to this that's like in the pipeline right now or is an instructor, like you have the, the power and authority to to make these things reality. And I know a lot of instructors out there are trying to do their best to make it happen. But if you're on team, if you're about to join the pipeline, you're in the pipeline, like look to your left and right. Like are these the people that you mm -hmm. want on your team? Like are these the, the expectations that you expected? And are you holding everybody to those expectations as a team? You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't need to be like a little Napoleon on team and think that whatever you think is, is right. But man, like create those, those, uh, what are they called? The the things of work priorities of work priorities right? of work. Right. Yeah. Jeez. I'm getting old, but you team comes first, no matter what, like, and if anybody argues with you about team stuff comes first, like, bro, like, you well, know, people here yeah. make it or who, who, yeah. who shouldn't make it. People hear that they, you, when you say hold each other accountable, people always attach authority to that. And they always like go like there, you don't have to be a leader to hold people accountable. You don't have to be the authority to hold people accountable. Trent peaches. They hold me accountable all the time. I sent a video. I recorded a video the other morning and I sent it to the group chat and I was like, should I post this? And peaches was like, nah, probably not. It doesn't really get you anything. It doesn't really, you know, communicate anything of importance. It's just you ranting about this specific thing. And I was like, Okay, cool. Peaches isn't my boss. He's my friend. He's my peer. He, but he was, I went to him and I was like, Hey, you know, as a team, as a teammate, Hey man, should I do this? And he was like, nah, dog. And I was like, tight. Didn't post the video. Didn't even think about it. Deleted it and just went on with my life. You can do that with your, with your compadres, with your peers without being an authority. And I think that's again, what we were kind of talking about during the podcast. I think that's something that we have veered away from and we need to kind of steer back that individual. We're not libertarians. This is not the air friends. It's the air force. We have a mission. We're here to do gunfighting and war fighting. That's what we're here to do. You don't have to be an authority to establish a teamwork culture. So, you know, being your own, it's, it, it's totally okay for you to go, okay, I understand that you're doing your own thing right now, it's not okay that you're doing your own thing right now. It's not okay that you're wearing your kit differently when I told you that we're going to standardize. It's not okay that you are doing this TTP differently because you feel like it. That's not the point. The point is to get on the team, assimilate to the team, 
be a part of this team. Show me that you can be a teammate first, and then we'll worry about all of these other things. And if you have these good ideas, if we want to start talking about diversity of ideas and including people in the discussion, fine. We'll talk about that later. But you got to be on the team first. That's where you earn it. I dig it. Do it. That was a good one. We'll put this. We'll put this out. We are a good team. I care about you before I care about myself. All right, everybody. Well, if you're still listening to uh, uh, I Can't Wait for This Chief uh, Ruiz podcast, Retired to Drop. This is just Trent and I riffing on it kind of uh, as, a, as a teaser, and we'll put this out before we drop it. But we went over a lot of good things to include the number one question. Are we doing the right thing at a and I think we put a lot, of good, uh, a lot of good opinions out there for you to take uh, in and internalize. So caress that uh, subscribe button. Just, just touch it just slightly. Turn on notifications. Follow us everywhere. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Train hard. Emphasis on opinions. Later. Bye.